Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast. I am Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I am Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. We are here. We are officially published podcasters. And let me tell you, that bar is so very incredibly low, but I'm still excited we got over it. You know what? I think after all the hate we got for our first two episodes, I think this one, now it's like the first one we're posting on a schedule and they're accepting it. I think it's good that we're opening up to more toxicity. Yeah. I think that you, if you do things at a substandard level consistently, people will forgive you eventually. They'll be like, oh, they're just this bad. It's not a bit. We're like this. Yeah. Um, honestly, the thing I didn't... Listen, I appreciate the feedback and the comments. I did a little editing oopsie on the first episode, and you know what? That That's on me. But... What I didn't appreciate is you, like, calling for the lives of my unborn children. I think that was a line y'all didn't need to cross. But you know what? It shows that you're passionate, that you want what's best for us, yourselves, and your family, and that's admirable. So if anything, send more our way. Let us know how passionate you are. Send more Alex's way. At Alex the Goods. Send it specifically his way. And know that there is a very, very, very small possibility I'm going to respond or even see it. So interact with me all you want, guys. I can take it. Yeah, he's already drowning in hate comments. Yours, just a drop in the bucket, baby. Yeah, send it. Promise you, you can't hate me more than I do. (laughs) Woo-woo! That was a cry for help. Yeah. Anyways. (laughs) So, all right. So the last two movies we talked about, mm-hmm. very dense, very heavy movies in topic. Both of them 2 hours plus, 2 and a half hours plus. Yeah. We shifted gears hardcore. Right. Um this week we watched The Lorax. It is bright and colorful and cheerful and 80 minutes long, which I didn't know going into it. Oh. I wanted to pick this movie because it's that long. I'm like, listen, dude, we we can't ask our audience because I know a lot of you are watching the movie um, prior to the podcast once we announce it so you can kind of follow along. It's fresh in your brain. I didn't want to burden you with constant two hour, two and a half hour movies. So I did that for you. That's me looking out for your guys and valuing your time. Um, So you mentioned people usually watch the movie before listening to the podcast Mm -hmm. i know for a fact at least one person does not do that and that would be my brother andrew wells because even though we give time codes to skip the spoiler parts and whatnot he doesn't do that every time like we send him one of our test podcasts he just listens right through the spoiler part like as like even for movies he hasn't seen and i called him out on him like andrew you wild, wild man, why do you do this? And he goes, well, if a movie's good enough, it shouldn't uh, uh, it shouldn't matter if it's spoiled for me or not. Dude, what? Okay, so I am on the exact opposite spectrum of him. I will not watch trailers of movies I yeah. know I'm going to see. Because the trailers, historically, are just spoiling more and more and more. So i probably wouldn't even listen to the any of the podcast that whole jumping around wouldn't be a thing i'm like okay have i seen this movie no 
okay, I'm going to watch the movie before, or I just won't listen to the entire podcast. I'll just skip, wait till the next week or whatever. So, you know what? I appreciate the mad lads. You know what? Live your life. Uh, it's going to be a lesser life, but it is your life to live. I'm not going to tell you how to live it. So we do this time codes for you. We do them every week when we talk about movies. So take it if you want it. I won't judge you to your face. So, you know what? Let's, let's just jump right into it. The Lorax. Man. That being said, yeah. Um, we're just. I want to just jump right into spoilers. It's an eighty-minute movie. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> I feel like if we, you know, I feel like we just have to jump right into it. There's no point in like dancing around it. So this is just gonna go right into spoilers. If you want to skip it altogether, I mean, go for it. But here's the time code anyway. I'll make sure to put it incorrectly this time. Hey guys, it's Craig. Um, before I give you the time code, I do want to say, almost immediately after we stopped recording, we realized we forgot to announce next week's movie. So, if you want to join us in our little movie club, next week we will be watching the new Millie Bobby Brown, Henry Cavill movie on Netflix, Enola Holmes. And here's your time code. 2550. This, here's the thing about the Lorax. If you're on certain sides of the internet and certain sides of TikTok, chances are you've seen most of this movie already. Just like through the memes and whatnot. This is a very heavily memed movie. I think, I feel like I miss most of that. I, I remember there was a time where people obsessed over this movie. It came out in 2012. So I've had eight years to watch this and I just didn't. So... I remember a lot of people talking about it. It was like a very environmental friendly and like almost like liberal young movie. I missed all of that. I missed the memes. I didn't, I didn't have any idea what this was like before listening to it or watching it rather. The only thing I knew about this movie going in was trees were involved and Danny DeVito was in it. That's it. I also didn't see it before this, but I follow somebody on TikTok that is exclusively a once cosplayer. Like she, all she does is... <laughs> post Wunzler cosplays and I'm like oh this is really high quality cosplay I'm gonna follow her having not seen the movie that's awesome so I guess if we're gonna go straight into spoilers the lore okay so basically the movie is set up in two different tenses there's the present tense and there's the past tense um and they're they're happening at the same time they're coinciding at different parts of the movie so Ted who is the main character it's called the Lorax but Ted's the main character um, interacts with a person called the Wunzler, who basically chopped down a bunch of trees for his industry. Um, and the Lorax is the speaker for the trees, the guardian of the forest. So he comes down and tries to stop Wunzler from chopping down the trees for his industry. So you have the present tense, Ted, trying to find a tree to impress a girl. Um, and he's interacting with Wunzler, who's going back and telling how come there's no trees, where all the trees go, and his interactions with the Lorax. So what kind of frustrating for me is I'm like, oh, Ted and the Lorax never interact this entire movie. Yeah, this movie is very light on the Lorax in general. Right. And that was that was frustrating to me because I'm like, the Lorax is a great character, that grumpy old Danny DeVito. He plays so well. Um with heartfelt moments and stuff. But like, as soon as like the industry part of the one story takes off, the Larks is gone. 
And he comes back yeah. at the very end and goes, that was the last tree. That'll that'll stop you. And then he comes at the very end of the movie. So I'm like, I don't know if this movie should have been called The Lorax, dude. Yeah, it is much more a Wunsler movie than a Lorax movie. It is more. A um, Wunsler movie is more a Ted movie. It's as much an O'Hare movie than it is him. Did you read the Lorax book as a kid? I did not know. I Neither did I. So I am uh, blind to the source material to compare it to. Can you imagine this? People are like, oh my gosh, this is nothing like the book. This is nothing <laughs> like the book. They ruined it. Um, as far as casting goes, were you impressed? Not so impressed? Pleasantly surprised? Yeah, I was impressed. Definitely impressed. Zac Efron and Taylor Swift mm-hmm. didn't sound like themselves. I picked... Which is... I picked... I was able mm-hmm. to pick up Taylor Swift. Oh, I was I the was opposite. Able to pick up, I was able to pick up Zac Efron. Yeah. Couldn't pick up Taylor Swift at all. Yeah. I picked up Taylor Swift more than I did Zac Efron. And I think that's a good thing. It's definitely a good thing. Mm-hmm. So, I really liked all the voice cast yeah i was particularly impressed with jenny slate who plays ted's mom oh yeah, i loved her character in this i saw her name in the opening credits Mm -hmm. and i'm like ooh, excited to see what this does and then i heard that character i'm like ah there there she is yeah i loved it as soon as i saw ed helms was in this movie i'm like there's gonna be singing there is going to be singing (laughs) and i didn't i didn't know how much singing there was going to be in this i'm like okay it's a kid's movie much higher probability of musical and tunes. This could be the entire movie. Everything could be song. I have no idea. But I saw he was in it. I'm like, well, all bets are off. Anything could happen at this point. And I told Macy, I'm like, all right, if you had to guess which character from The Office was in here, who would you think it is? And she guessed it immediately, dude. Immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um, but on the topic of the musical numbers, how bad can I be? goes hard it is just a fantastic song and that's the sigh of alex who knows i'm just a musical nerd and he knows that a song like that just scratches that itch that i so desperately need and alex could not care less about dude i listened to that and i'm like oh this is gonna be the music that the musical nerds like because it's not a great song, but it is so Ooh. first of all, I'm not that's I'm not even gonna defend myself. Hey guys, if you know, you know. I'm not defending myself, you know what's up. That was one of those movies that songs that I'm like, oh, everyone who was in choir, they're gonna love that. They're gonna love it. And then Thneedville and Let It Grow were very like typical early numbers, I think. Everybody needs a Thneed was the same thing. I like the closing one. The very end, like as the credits are rolling. Or the, I, I don't know what it was called. I think it was Let It Grow. Big fan of that. Yeah. It's a little bit more uh, contemporary. But I'm like, these musical nerds are going to be going crazy, dude. The arrangement. Oh, the key change. Oh, tempo. Climax. I'm like, oh, great. Are you telling me that the Wunsler shredding on his electric guitar is not contemporary enough for the you? I was dying. I didn't skip it. I didn't skip any of this movie, and I, I usually don't skip through songs. But it was one of those things I'm like, I'm going to get this soundtrack, because I always get soundtracks. And I'm like, I will never listen to that song again. It's never happening again. <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like it's uh, it sticks out. I think it's it's very memorable. Um, and I think it's also polarizing. You're either going to like it or you're not. I think if you Google 
the Lorax, that's the song that's going to come up. That's the one that everyone obsesses yeah. over. So I'm in the minority here, and that's fine. Because it's a great song. But if you know, you know. Um, I despise the way Illumination Studios makes their people characters. Like the appearance? Like, yeah. I think the art, specifically the color scheme in this movie, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like these oranges and pinks and yellows. Like, I think... It fits the tone of the movie very, very well, because when you see, you know, the dark and grayness of the actual outside world, that's a beautiful juxtaposition, I think. Absolutely. However, I hated looking at every human character because they all look like Candace from Phineas and Ferb with those elongated necks and mouths on the bottom of their heads. Right. It's that very, like, grew yeah very uh i mean despicable same me. yeah same studio same art style if, if you liked despicable me any of them you're probably gonna like the, just the art style this is very very seussical yeah very dr seuss and it comes out i think they did great as far as art direction and being consistent with the books um same thing with like the grinch everything like the essence of like what a who looks like it kind of looks like that so um i think if anything it was consistent so i yeah. appreciate it um dude betty white's character in this grammy norma big old fan was that at, um the one oh was that ted's grandma yeah. okay big old fan of her yeah oh yeah she she made the present day scenes worth watching oh 100 because i don't like it when a movie takes me out of a story that i'm invested in to like create plot or whatever Mm -hmm. so every time the one sewer had to stop his story and ted had to go back home or whatever i'm like all right let's just let's hurry this along so we can get back to the story i was very invested in how that's gonna end yeah i i'm not a huge fan when you get taken out so this happens all throughout media like namely this happens in princess bride where it's the whole thing is him telling a story and he'll get interrupted it's a grandpa tying you know, a story to his grandchild. Also, this happens in video games like Assassin's Creed. The second you get taken out of the Animus, you're like, okay, I get something's happening in the real world. Can we just go back to playing Assassin's Creed, please? Um, and I think they knew that. They just needed to find an interesting way to tell the story. Um, and I think, I mean, we're at this point, we're dissecting, you know, a kid's movie. But the whole story is based off of this guy likes a girl. And offhandedly, she says, I would love a tree. And he goes, what would you do if a tree, someone got you a tree? He goes, I don't know. I'd probably marry them. And then the rest of the movie begins. That's like six minutes in, seven minutes in. And then you're like, okay, that's it. She made an offhanded comment. And now this guy's going to make a movie out of it. Also, this like eighth grader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I don't know. I don't know. That's not weird because we. I think we grew up around it that like, People in middle school and high school are going to have crushes. They're going to do crazy things, you know, for people they have like that crush on in, in, in grade school. But like, I think at a certain, just looking back, you're like, okay, that sounds uh, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. I mean, also, this guy is doing crazy dangerous stuff to get this girl a tree or a seed at this point. Yeah, he got threatened by a billionaire and his two burly bodyguards. And he's just like... Didn't see that. Whoops. He goes, what was that? Five minutes later, he's outside. Yeah. And he's like doing backflips on a motorcycle off of people's roofs. The thing that I thought of was the first time he leaves the city, 
he like rides his bike up that staircase. He goes to the top platform and almost drives off the edge. And I'm like, what if that was it? What if that was his end? What is his epitaph going to read? Dude, I don't know. Would people even find his body? Like Probably no one not. goes outside. People didn't know what the outside of the city looks like. So like, I don't know. But dude, his motorcycle was sick though. Loved yeah. it. The vehicles in this thing were sweet. The whole the way the city worked, the you know the robotic trees. There's no there's no grass. All that stuff. Aesthetically, it looked amazing. It looks so cool. Yeah. So like the environment, I think is probably one of the best parts of this movie. Oh, one hundred percent. And just like the way the animal interactions, like the bears and the fish, very Doctor Seuss, but so like adorable, cute. Um, it just makes you attracted and care about the world that he's in. Are there any characters that you didn't like in this movie purely from like a world building standpoint? Um, I think Onceler's family. I'm on the f- Onceler's family. So I was just on the fence with them the whole time. Cause you never really get to know them. Like I don't, I can't remember any of their names. I just know like there was his mom. And then like an aunt and then the twins, which could be brothers or cousins. I'm not quite sure. And it was just weird. It didn't fit. The twins really broke the family for me. Like the twins turned the family into like a strong caricature to just like almost meaningless stereotypes. Yeah, like the Adams family kind of thing. Yeah. Like, oh, we just And need- so yeah. like I understand they were the motivation for the ones who are to like double down on his greed Mm -hmm. but like specifically the shots of them like running around doing that like dumb hick belly laugh chopping down trees i'm like okay this is this is unnecessary i'm not vibing with this right here or how they're harvesting the trees like one leaf a leaf or a thread or whatever at a time yeah and giving it to him he's running it to the wheelbarrow and then coming back i'm like this is a stretch it's a kid's movie, but it's a stretch. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of bad tearing it apart this much because no one cares. No one cares. But that's our job is to yeah. go in like this. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I only have I didn't write a lot of notes because it's a short movie. But this movie has Taylor Swift and Zac Efron in it. Two of the most prominent singers that a children could know. In a movie where songs are prominently featured and neither of them sing. Yep. Yeah, Taylor Swift is in this movie. I wonder if that was in her contract. Like, are you guys just getting me so I can sing? Or wonder if maybe she had a song and they took it out? I can't imagine you would take out a Taylor Swift song. Yeah, because I'm thinking, I'm like, she, I don't know much about her as an actor. I know she was in Valentine's Day. She might have been in a couple other things. I think she was in the, she was in The Giver the adaptation of that book okay but i'm like i'm thinking about this and i'm like why would we bring her on it'd be like hey let's bring eddie murphy or kevin hart Dwayne the rock and right and uh no jokes be like but they're entertainers like two of those people i named are comedians but no jokes like it just feels weird or like you bring in people for their talents so i feel like you could have saved some money not having Taylor Swift be that character. It could have been anybody, you know, bring in literally any person who was auditioning. They didn't need to be a big name because it doesn't matter, especially. But if she's singing, absolutely bring in the best you can do because it's yeah. like a, you're featuring more of their talents. 
Same thing with Zac Efron, because we know he can sing. Um, but you know what? To each their own. But instead, we heard uh, Danny DeVito sing, which was entertaining, but I'm, I'm not exactly sure w- why that casting call was made. Also, absolutely love that they made one of the h- biggest parts of the story so hard to pronounce. Thneeds, bro? Thneeds? Yeah, they even do like a few jokes on that about like thneed big old fan of that that was yeah great move i love it when they make things hard on purpose like in claudia with a chance of meatballs with the flidsim defer i love it and how they never pronounce it the same way after the first time they say flidsim defer it only gets progressively worse throughout the movie because i think it takes away a lot of the tropes of like you have to have the perfect name like the main character has to have a certain name or it needs to sound believable Make it extremely unbelievable, and it'll remind us that, hey, none of this is real. Like, we can call it a thneed. The billionaire, his first name is Aloysius. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Hey, he's got thing one and thing two. Tweedledee and Tweedledum is his right-hand and left-hand man. And he's Lord, Lord Farquaad, essentially. Yeah. It's okay for his name to be Aloysius. And him to be a billionaire in Thneedville selling air. Like, it makes sense. And there's a character named the Onceler, which doesn't make sense. They just took a word and said, all right, let's add some stuff. I thought about this. His mom calls him Oncey, which is obviously a is name. a nickname on Onceler. So is his first name just Onceler? And he became so popular, he just decided to make it a title. Can you imagine... Your own family referring to you by your last name. <laughs> Be like, what? Or is his first name the? Dude, none of it makes sense. It, But it's okay. You but imagine if you got so like into yourself, you started calling yourself the Alex like it was a title. Freaking yikes. So yikes. Last thing I have to talk about. The Lorax is a very bad guardian. Oh, horrible. in my opinion, he just shames people. His job yeah, is to make you feel. He shames bad. people and then doesn't push them when they say no. Yeah, he's just like, oh, you're gonna regret this. Hey, man, you made me a promise. And and best case scenario, he puts your bed in a river. Make sure you don't go down a waterfall because he'll feel bad, and then he'll save you from it. Like what, dude? He comes down in fire and lightning, and then nothing happens. He just keeps saying, that's not how it works. And I'm like, then how does it work, buddy? Because, like, if the whole game plan was for the forest to disappear, have a new hero come along so everyone can understand the importance of trees, that's a bad plan. Hey, that's a really very bad plan. Yeah. There's a part of this movie... Took a lot of risks okay. on that one. I mean, yeah. If if that's going to be the point of contention we have this movie, then, then we're, I think we're missing a couple priorities. But you know what? This movie is meant for children, and that's for sure. We've already talked about this movie for 20 minutes, which is 13 minutes longer than I anticipated us talking about this movie. It is a bright, colorful, fun movie. It's a little bit shorter than I'd have liked it to be, which is usually the opposite of what you hear me saying. But overall, fun time. It has music. It is theater kid music. So if that's your brand, you know, it's good. 
Yeah. Um, I think as far as movies that your kids can watch and you might want to stick around and watch, this is uh, not very high on that list, but it's it's bearable. It's on that list. It's on that list. You can do it. Um, I, I don't think it's worth a rewatch, but I think you can definitely watch it the first time and get and pull a couple things from it. I'll put it at like a high six, flat high seven. High six. Like a... Flats. Whoa. Uh, I give it a flat six. Best okay. I can do. Well, again. 6.35. Best I can do. You don't like theater kid music the way I do. Yeah, I think you just need to. This, yeah, this just needed to be a thing you liked. But you know what? Teach their own. I did not not enjoy it. It's just like not a, not a rewatch thing for me. If I told you that I definitely thought about rewatching How Bad Can I Be, would you be surprised? No. I'm honestly surprised you don't like have it in your phone. Well, I have thought about re-listening it today while I was at work, but I decided against it. Dude, I want to, after this, I'm going to have to dig into these memes. Um, Because now that I'm in on it, I want to know what everyone else is talking about. Because I don't, I don't, none of that stuck out as like, oh, that particular part of the movie is funny or that particular part of seeing a meme. I don't remember any of it. So now I got to go out and look for it and see what the whole hullabaloo is about. I'm very excited for you to do this. I'm so very incredibly excited for this. I'm setting myself up for disappointment by getting this excited. All right. Well, I think we should welcome back the non-movie listeners. We appreciate you listening. Not as much as the movie people, but we still appreciate you. Yeah, mostly because uh, we don't have enough listeners to not appreciate you, but know that at the second we reach the numbers we want, you're out of here. That's what you, that's how you get a successful podcast. You threaten your listeners, make yeah. them hate you, and they'll keep coming back. They need to feel something. Yeah, you know, I imagine we appeal to a very emotionally numb crowd. So if we can just like stir up a little bit of anger in them, like that's our market, baby. Right. Because 2020, no emotions whatsoever. This could be possibly the most boring year ever. So it's our job to make you feel something. Anyway, with that. Next segment, we call Sell Me This Pod. And Sell Me This Pod uh, works like this. We try to do, for the second segment of every episode, a little improv game. We've done the podcast teams up previously. So this is called Sell Me This Pod. How this works is... We each come up with a scenario, a good scenario, for instance, ending world hunger. And then it's the other person's job in the 60 seconds following to come up with a reason why that's bad. They have to sell it in a bad way. And then it would be my turn. So we just alternate. Then we decide on a winner and then we go to the next round. The next round is we have a bad idea, say making the whole world impoverished. No one's got money. Everyone's dying. Then the other person has to sell it in a good way. And then we alternate, obviously. And then the final round is we give the other person one word and they can sell it good or bad or try their best to say a couple words to fill up the minute because that's probably what's going to happen. And then you decide. Usually it's a tiebreaker, but you can seal it and give a person all three votes if necessary. But that is on you, audience. Sell me this pod. So, Greg. Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? Um, 
I'll let you go first. And I'm going to give you your bad thing. And you have to sell me on getting hit by a car. Well, this couldn't be more obvious. All right. So getting hit by a car, right? Now, most of us are in quarantine. Most, many of the nation isn't working right now. Um, we've got a stimulus check, maybe. Um, and financially, it's not looking good. So if we're going to bring this economy back, everyone, at least half the nation, needs to get hit by cars, especially from those who can afford to pay you, I don't know, payments for the rest of your life. So seek out Maseratis, Lamborghinis, Ferraris. Get wrecked by them. This It needs to hurt because you're going to need to charge for surgeries. Any emotional damage, trauma, PTSD, it needs to be bad. So survive, goal one. Two, sue the pants off of them. And that's Ten how seconds. we make America great again. We're going to call this um, one small hit for my wallet, one big hit for the economy. I feel like we don't need to come up with names for them, but A for effort anyway. I think it was perfect. Um, your bad thing is every year we execute the artist with the most time on the billboard top 100 well let's do top 40 whoever spent the most time on top 40 first to 40th whoever's on there the most we off them so i understand why this could be presented as a negative thing however i think once you hear it from my perspective, you will only be able to understand it as a positive opportunity for two reasons. Number one, it keeps an influx of new types of music. You're not going to hear the same thing over and over and over again because there's going to be so many different people coming in and out of this, you know, billboard rating system. So you're never going to get bored with the same types of music over and over again. The second thing is it's going to keep artists real humble. They're going to reach the top of the top 40 and they're going to be like, hey, thanks everyone. Uh, I'm so glad that we made it to the top. Now, could you please get me back down? Hey, guys, can you please stop listening to my music? Hey, go stream like Taylor Swift or something. She's real close, okay? Can 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 you do that for me, please? And that's why this is a good idea. Not too shabby. I like it. I especially like uh, part two of that one. Well, listen, we will never have somebody with, you know, teen Justin Bieber's ego again, knowing his time is limited. Yeah. Be like, hey, dude, you're feeling like dying at 14. You might want to tone it down a bit. You can think ludicrous for this one. Dude, longevity would be rough. You need to be the most mediocre artist there ever was. Yeah, listen, if you can get if you can get spot 41 locked down, you're good. Well, that's pretty good. I don't think we can vote to say who is better. I think that we're going to have to leave that one up to the audience for round 1. So round 2, if you want to you can go first this one. Your great thing that you're making bad is the ideal presidential candidate. We've gotten rid of the two-party system. We all just know that this one person is running and we're all on board. We're just like, who needs to vote? 
Every poll has this person coming out 100% unanimous votes. No one else wants to run against them because they don't want to take away their votes. This person is so perfect for us. Why is that a bad thing? The reason why we do not want the perfect candidate in office is because I do not want to be the president. Now, listen, this is the third episode of the podcast, and, you know, chances are you might not know that much about me, but I want you to know that I am, in fact, the perfect presidential candidate in every way. I'm 21. I'm young. I'm 21, and I still don't drink. So that means I got some real strong convictions. All right? Um, I'm handicapped. I only have one eye. That gives me, like, sympathy from other world leaders. Um, and I think that shows that I am the perfect candidate. However, I do not want to be in office. So despite the fact that my morals and ethics would grant me top spot everywhere, no matter where I go, uh, I would not be passionate about it. Therefore, I wouldn't get the job done the way you want me to. Well, uh, you threw me for a loop. Did (laughs) not see that one coming. (laughs) That was good. I like that. That was funny. All right, your good thing that you also, have to make. Also, pause. Your first first thing was, first of all, 21. I'm like, first of all, that disqualifies you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Off the bat, not allowed. But okay, we're in your world, man. Okay, your good thing that you have to sell is the most comfortable bed sheets ever made. And they're affordable. All right, Americans. We know that there's people in our country who already aren't getting enough done. We can't afford to have these darn Gen Z, millennial, baby boomers, you know, they're in every generation. We need them to get out of bed and do something. Now, we need to get rid of the most comfortable sheets you've ever felt for only $9.99, not including shipping and handling. Not allowed. If we want America to ever come back to the greatest generation, we need to get people out of bed and into work. It is important that you don't get complacent. Think that everyone is good where they're at. Because the American dream was not built on people thinking where they're at right now is good enough. You are never good enough. Listen to me right now. You are not good enough. Your bed will never be good enough. Your sheets will not be good enough. And I think we can't get too comfortable. So I'm here telling you, make yourself uncomfortable. Buy the worst sheets you can. Barely get any sleep, 90 minutes max, and go out and build something. All right. How do you, how do you feel about that one? Listen, um, initially you said bed sheets, and I'm like, okay, we're going to make this about sex. And then I realized, wait a second. I feel like that was too easy. So I went the opposite route and started speaking to myself how I speak to myself about 9 o'clock every morning when I'm still in bed. I'm like, is this going to be the kind of person... You're going to be for the rest of your life, Alex. Is this when your kids are going to come and wake you up at 930 in the afternoon? Is this going to be the father you want them to see? And I'm like, okay. So I just poured out some insecurities and I hope it uh, worked. All right. Thanks for the therapy, guys. Uh, Appreciate it. Um, Appreciate it. Anytime I can get some something for free. All right. I'm going to give you a neutral word. Okay. And you can sell it however you like. Alex, I want you to tell me how you feel about wallets wallets i think we have teslas we have jetpacks we have an ungodly amount of 
movies, particularly of the Marvel variety. It's time for us to get into the future. And the fact that we're walking around with wallets in our pockets still is getting ridiculous. We need to evolve. I think everyone should get wallets made out of their own skin. Okay, but, uh, own skin. I think circumcisions are out and skin wallets are in. <laughs> I think it'll make you appreciate what's in it. It'll make it so you wouldn't want it to wear out because you'll have to replace the skin. And um, 10 these seconds. skin grafts are costly and painful. And I think wallets are slept on and we need to start appreciating for what them are. Skin wallets. The price of surgery is the only price there is. Okay. So let's, so, so, okay, hold on. I'm, hold on. Hold, okay. I was on that okay. ride with you. I had no idea where it was going, but we just so we, hung out. Okay. So because yep. we have cool cars and fancy movies. Yep. The only way to propel wallets into the future is, is by creating yep. the them ne- with our own skin. It is important that it's your own skin. Very important that it's your own skin. And I think the word you're looking for is called innovation. The word I'm looking for is no? Nope. I think, because think about it. You make skin for free. No, I've thought about it. You've given me plenty to think about, actually. Listen, do you think that's vegan? Because no animals no. are harmed. Technically, humans are animals. But it's yourself. So... There's no way that humans I think are not under the umbrella of vegan. I'm just saying, like, if you were to bite your nails, you'd be like, oh, dude, are vegans who bite their nails not vegan? I'm saying these things are also vegan. Everybody go out and buy one. Well, your nails or... are just pure calcium, right? Aren't they? I mean, skin is just cells. Okay, everything's your just own... cells. Okay, but listen, hear me out. They're your own. If you, okay, listen, we can make a cheaper version of the swab that is just nails. And I'm sure we could do it with hair. But the point is, is the next, the final frontier is human skin. No, no, I'm I'm cutting you off. We're done with this skin wallet thing. Okay. We're done. We're going to package that. We're going to take it. We're going to put it in a Package it in a skin wallet? No. Put it in your Mm -mm. skin box 2.0? Listen, no, mm, incorrect. No one would want to moisturize more when they know that skin is going to be used in their wallet. Okay, hold on, time out. No one would ever want to rob you ever again, because what are they going to do? Take your skin wallet? Okay. Yeah, also, we'll know exactly whose wallet it belongs to, because you're only allowed to make skin wallets with your own skin. Hold on, so does that mean, okay, hold on, so does that mean that if you ever went out to the beach, you would have to leave your wallet out in the sun as well, so that way it would match, like, the same complexity? I mean, I was saying you could do DNA tests. I'm not going to like hold it up to you and be like, all right, it matches. Oh, <laughs> okay. I guess that does like, make Oh, yeah, sense. that's the right kind of white. But I imagine like in a pinch, like if everybody's wallets got mixed up. Well, I guess people's IDs would still be in them, too. Yeah. <laughs> you're thinking that like when you're trying to decide who pays for dinner, everyone just throws their wallet in the middle and someone just yeah. picks it out of a hat. And they're like, wait, who's, whose wallet is this? And they're just like holding it up to your face. Anyways, I'm skin wallets. saying skin wallet bad. Let's not innovate skin You're on the wallets, wrong, please. You're on the wrong side of history. Your Good. word <laughs> um, 
is going to be friction. I genuinely don't know what to do with this. Oh boy, you better figure it out. So, friction is a... Friction is an element of science, right? And what happens with elements of science? We learn about them in science class. Now, I don't know about you, but I excelled in a lot of classes. Science was not one of them. The lowest grade on my report card every year has been my science class. So if there are fewer science terms to learn, the better. Now, there is a positive to friction, though. Like, do you remember, like, when you were a kid and you'd go out to recess during, like, the winter days? But you'd forget your gloves, so, like, you would just have to rub your hands together all the time in order for your hands to stay warm. So this is the kind of balance that we have to think about on whether or not we should keep or get rid of friction. Because on the one hand, warmth during the winter. On the other hand, having the ability to pass science class because there are fewer terms to remember. These are the kinds of things that we think about here on the Permanent Good Podcast. And it's up for you, the audience, to decide. I like how you turn that into a little bit of promo at the end. These are the kind of topics we talk about. Hey, you know this podcast you're listening to? You should listen to that podcast. Yeah, nailed it. Hey, if you're not already listening to this podcast, listen to this podcast. All right, so I think that's the end of it. So make sure you tweet at us at permanent good, or you can just use the hashtag permanent good and uh, tell us what you thought of uh, our, our innovations, be them good or bad. Sell me this pod round one, round two, round three. Give us your winners. All right. Middle segment time. The middle segment is like the one hit wonder, but different sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Sometimes a game, sometimes not. But it changes. Uh, This week it's a game. Uh, Real simple. I'm not, you know, breaking any barriers with this one. But I have a few would-you-rather questions prepped. Beautiful. And we're just going to, like, you know, go back and forth with them. If you have any, I only have a few listed here, so if you come up with any, feel free to also do them. All right. All right. Your first would-you-rather. Would you rather have a cat-sized golden retriever or a golden retriever-sized cat? Now, I pride myself in my decisiveness, so my goal for all of these will be to come up with a decision as quickly as humanly possible and then stick by my answer no matter what. I think we're all in agreement that a cat-sized golden retriever is the correct answer. And if any of you disagree... See ya. You don't belong here. You're wrong. And you should probably well, go actually, join please all... stay because we like the listeners. We do like having leave listeners. it recording and playing so we can get views and listens. But you can leave your phone, all that stuff far away. Leave it playing, preferably on repeat so we get many listens. But you can leave because that is the wrong answer. A golden retriever size cat exists. You know what's called a leopard. A jungle cat. These things are predators. I don't want Well, cat-sized golden retrievers exist too. They're just called puppies. Yes. But a puppy forever. Forever. Listen, no one's ever questioned a golden retriever be like, oh, I wonder if that thing hates me. Everyone thinks, oh, that cat, if it was bigger, I would not be in charge of it. They do not understand that they're not alphas. They all have a superiority complex. I want nothing to do with that. Also, they would hunt me. And I'm allergic to them. There's so many ways. That's 
That's the big one. Yeah. I'd... Hey, Alex, have you developed your hatred for cats around the fact that you're allergic to them and can't be around them anyway? I so you, like... you decided to justify it First by not all, liking them? had cats. I had three cats before I found out I was allergic. And then I realized I like things that like me. And let me tell you a quick story about my last cat that I had. Her name was Rosie. I named her. Very nice cat. We used to come up and we used, every night she would crawl up and we cuddle and all that stuff. And do you know what happened to Rosie? She got pregnant by a neighbor's cat. Then she ran away. And then I, at seven years old, questioned, did this cat run away because I didn't love it enough? That's not the stress that a golden retriever would put on you, especially a puppy-sized golden retriever. Cats make you question whether or not you're good enough for them. This, this cat was pregnant. It needed me to provide for it, and it ran away anyway. Any cat... Any animal that makes you question whether or not you're worth it. See ya. Deuces. Cats suck. Quote me. Put on a t-shirt. I disagree. Cats are awesome. Anyway, second question. This one requires a little bit of math. All right? Oh, great. Would you rather work 15% less time for 20% less pay? Or would you rather work 20% more for fifteen percent more pay, uh, fifteen percent less. For so 20%. either way, you're getting undercut. I'm definitely working less, one hundred percent working less. Listen, guys, I'm decisive, making the choice up front. Work less, one hundred percent, because I'll use that time to do something else. Time is the most valuable thing you have. It's a you have a finite amount, and you don't know when it ends. So I'm definitely not going to work less, especially if I don't feel valued. And time I'm working is time I'm not doing something else. Well, that could be a hobby. No, if this is a thing I love doing. So let's say I'm making a movie, right? I'm an actor or whatever in this scenario. I mean, most of them, they don't get paid hourly, but in this scenario, they do. I'm going to love doing it. So working a little bit more and not having a great ratio of like time to payment might not be great. But I think time that I'm not the movie, I could be with my family. I could be doing something else, another passion project. I think I got to go with the first one. All right. Fair enough. Um... Would you rather mm-hmm. only listen to music that came out that day or only listen to music you've heard before starting right now? Heard before. Can you imagine depending on artists to put out stuff immediately? Even if we made it like that month, you can only listen in that month. You can only listen to people who put out music that month. I would die because the time it t- takes to fall in love, let's say with a song, let's say you fall in love with the first lesson. From that, and this is assuming it comes out in the beginning of the month. Well, let's say every song has a 30-day expiration date. Freaking yikes, dude. Some of these songs grow on me. I, dude, Bohemian Rhapsody is still growing on me. I hate that song. <laughs> and it's got years. Now, if I could never listen to it again, it doesn't have a second chance. Do you know how long it took me to like Queen? A long time. But now I love Queen, and I would never have had a chance to fall in love with it. I think... Only listen to music I've listened to. Like from this point on, I can only listen to past music. There's a lot of music out there, and I'm 100% down with that. That's my answer. All right. Uh, This is my final one. Sure. Would you rather never get pulled over, Mm -hmm. but your engine always sounds like a police siren, or always be 10 miles per hour under the speed limit? 10 miles per hour. I always get a cool car. Um, Autobahn in Germany doesn't have a speed limit, so I'm pretty much good to go for that one. But being slow is something to compensate for, but I can't be obnoxious. 
There's nothing romantic about being obnoxious. There's something a little bit romantic about just driving slow. It's called cruising. Yeah, you never get pulled over. However, everyone else thinks you're a cop. Yeah, I don't I don't need that kind of trauma in my life. I don't want people to hate me. Yeah. Also, I would hate myself, dude. It's just so obnoxious. How would you listen to music? It'd just be so loud. I'll, I'll ride slow. It's all good. I got, I got, I'm not in a hurry anyway. All right. Do you have any or do you want to? I got I got three for you. Okay. Would you rather be on a survival reality show or a dating game show? Dating game show. Less time commitment. I think I would just overall have more okay. fun. Let's do Survivor, 30 yeah. days. The Bachelorette, 30 days. Here's the thing. I'll tell you right now. I'm off in two weeks on The Bachelorette. Max. Bachelor or Survivor? Bachelor. I feel like that'd be way more fun. All right. Would you rather be the best actor in a horrible show or the worst actor in an incredible show? I think I'd rather be the best actor in a horrible show. Because, like, because I don't want to be a stain on a good show. Yeah. You know, I if me being a good actor will get me places no matter what. Mm-hmm. But, you know, being from a show doesn't necessarily always help. Yeah. But I mean, like, let's say, like, I don't know, dude, because there's some, like, super small, like, indie movies or whatever. Let's say, like, college projects. Like, people are putting it together for film school. Being the best person on a film school production, being the best person might not even be amazing. But if you're like the worst actor on an Oscar nominated film, you still get an Oscar. The whole cast gets an Oscar if you win Best Picture. Everybody gets yeah. it. So I don't know. I, I, I still think I'd rather be the best at a bad thing. Mm, I think me too, but I'm I'm not gonna put my official answer out there. I, I'm on the fence. Alright, final one. Would you rather sing a song in front of complete strangers? Or your closest friends and family? Probably in front of strangers, because I've done that a lot. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think, yeah, performing in front of a dark auditorium is much easier than being judged by your teachers when they're standing three feet in front of you. Yeah, 100%. I got to go with that as well. Also, I'm okay with bombing in front of people I'm never going to see again. Yeah. If I bomb from my family, they're just going to start thinking I never amounted to anything. And I can't live with that in my life. Can't live with it. So, everybody, um, I don't have advice for you for that one. Just, like, live with it, I guess. What would you do, audience? And what are these... What, of these would you rather, which ones would you pick? Who is more right? Is really what I want to know. It's a comp- Everything's a competition. Who is more right? Who do you most correlate with? Yeah. And if it's me, DM me. What's up? And if it's me... DM Craig, telling him it's not him, and that's how we that's how we do things over at uh, the Permanent Good Podcast. All right, final Final segment. Final segment. We call it the One Hit Wonder. Um, I sang in front of you because you're all strangers to me. So this One Hit Wonder. Um, uh, before I get into it, the point of One Hit Wonders are there's a fifty fifty shot whether or not it's good or bad, and they never return. So even if they're good. You never get to see them again. And if they're bad, there's a good reason you're never going to see them again. So this one hit wonder is called Silly Audience. Podcasts are for teachers. And it's very simple. 
I'm going to think of something I don't know anything about. And Craig, you're going to explain it to me. And then you're going to think of something I don't know anything about. And I'll explain it to you. And we'll do it until we get canceled. So, okay. Um, Craig, can you please explain to me um, why do prison inmates make our license plates? Well, you see, Alex, um, prison labor is treated as a form as one of the cheapest forms of manufacturing labor these Mm -hmm. days because prison inmates are viewed as less than human and people don't feel guilty by exploiting them and by giving them menial tasks some people feel like they've given inmates more worth to their lives while still looking down on them for doing the jobs that nobody else wants to do Ah, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for explaining that to me. Now, Alex, can you explain to me why my bed is comfier in the morning than when I fell asleep? Okay, so this is just simple human psychology. Um, people are lazy. And at night, you are ending something, which you may or may not want to end. Sometimes you're just tired and you kind of want it to be over. So you have time to necessarily enjoy being in bed. But once you have experienced this amazing comforting that is your bed, waking up, it is harder to get started again. You've experienced something so good, that was the reward. So now you gotta stop your reward, work again, and then earn it. So the earning process is never gonna be as fun, starting that earning process is never gonna be as fun than just sleeping in your reward. I spaced out a little bit. Do it again. Your question. Greg, can you (laughs) please explain to me how the sand clocks that you turn over, which have a name that isn't sand clocks. Hourglass. Hourglasses. How do they know they're actually five minutes or an hour before they had watches and times to set them? Well, we've always had a measurement of time via the sun and sundials you know i can't imagine hourglasses came before sundials right so one person would measure okay we know that 10 grams of sand equals this amount of time Mm -hmm. so or one hour is this many grams of sand so it's just simple arithmetic you need 15 minutes, divide one hour of sand by four, and so on and so forth. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you for explaining that to me. All right. Your question is, why do bad things happen to good people? See, funny you ask that, because I seem to be the only person who has an answer. Here's the thing about good people. They all have secrets, and they're hiding something. So when you see that... I don't know. A Supreme Court justice dies. It's not be- hypothetically. 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 <laughs> Let's say in this made up world that a Supreme Court justice dies. You might be thinking, wow, she's pretty old. She probably died of old age. Or, man, I wish she would have lived to 100. Oh, in this example, it's a lady. Yeah. Completely unrelated, but I need an example. And like so. a super progressive, great for women, and just general people of the country. Right. Yeah. So let's yeah. say she's all those things. Let's say she's done amazing things, right? You might be thinking, oh man, 
I didn't know she was unhealthy. I didn't know this doesn't deserve to happen to her. She's a good person. Well, what you don't know is good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. So when something bad happens, it's because they have secrets and then you just thought they were a good person. So she might've been progressive in this scenario, um, but really probably a little racist. Maybe she only thought in this scenario that good things should happen to white women. But, you know, minorities, less so. Or in another made-up world, let's say, I don't know, a kid gets cancer, right? You might be thinking, this kid doesn't deserve to go through all these horrible treatments and stuff. But hey, Alex, you, yeah. this lesson sucks. <laughs> this is a bad lesson. I don't like this lesson. Okay. You know what? I think you get the point. All I'm saying is people deserve it. And now you know the hard truth. We only tell truth on this podcast. We've talked about this before. I would never lie to you. I expect you never to lie to me. And together, we're truth tellers. All right. What's my final question? I've decided we're ending this bit after this question. Craig, your final question, something that I just don't understand that I know you of all people can explain to me is why do good guys always finish last? Because, Alex, it takes a certain piece of, a certain kind of selflessness to give part of yourself to somebody else. And while we like to believe that the nobleness of it is its own reward and good things will come from being noble, the reality is people take advantage of good people. So if somebody has lower morals, they will take advantage of good people giving, and they will use that as a stepping stone to put themselves further ahead than said good person. And that puts the good person further back. And unfortunately, while we want to see them rise and soar, most likely that's going to leave them further behind and they usually finish last because of it. You know what, Craig? That makes a lot of sense. Thank you for explaining that to me. Now, there is something I think we should explain to our audience. Yes. Um, over the last two episodes, we kind of threw them into this conflict without giving them the proper context. And I think it's, I think it's important for us to explain what's going on. We are self-declared zebra spokespeople. We have been monitoring an outbreaking situation within the zebra community very, very closely. And nobody else is talking about it, which is why we are talking about it. We want to bring it in front of as many people as possible. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned this, Craig, because um, we've got a couple of questions over the past two episodes of what's going on with the zebras, or I don't understand, or is this even real? Um, you, it's very important that you know that I would never joke about something like zebras. Um, I feel a special kinship with them. I'm mixed. They're mixed, both black and white. So it's just something that we share. And I feel like um, the oppression and the horrible things I've gone through pales in comparison, um, no pun intended, to the, everything they've gone through. I think if we can bring the issues that all zebras are experiencing in the world to the forefront of the conversation in presidential debates, political conversation, environmental um, conversations and conventions and things like that. 
I think they need representation. I think they need um, assistance economically, spiritually, and as far as housing and, and shelter, they also need that. And I think as a family, um, zebras need to be taken care of. And the separating them and treating them like second-class animals is, is taking it too far. And we would love your help, audience, to help them in any way you can. Yeah, we put the link to voter registration in our episode descriptions every week. So make sure that when you vote, you vote pro-zebra. Because if we don't, nobody else will. Right. So we are advocates of anything. Um, this is this is the cause we've chose to back, uh, the most important one. So um, make sure to think about zebras. Have them in your prayers. Um, you don't need to donate uh, financially, but definitely consider them. Uh, write your congressman and um, just see what you can do to benefit the zebras in your community. Yeah. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Permanent Good for more zebra updates and podcast updates if you care about that, I guess. Yeah. I'm Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. See you next week. See ya. Thank you.